Hey everybody, before you listen to the show, two quick things. I hope you and your loved ones are safe, happy and healthy. Secondly, stop right now. If you haven't already, check out our free to access conveyance and service for mortgage brokers and estate agents. Mortgage brokers must check out our free to access services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk including over 25 categories of mortgage broker tools. Stay well and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the MRC Show for Property Professionals. I am your host, Sean Rogers, and I'm delighted to be joined on today's show by Samantha Emery of Glenhawk. Glenhawk provides short-term property finance with a strong capital base to lend, whether you're looking to acquire a new property, unlock equity in a current property, or you're initiating a property investment or refurbishment. Glenhawk specialise in second charge, commercial, refurbishment and residential lending, and they work with intermediaries nationwide. So on today's show, we're going to be asking for Samantha's views on the sector as a whole, whether there's any recent spikes in specific areas, and we're going to learn more about what type of cases are converting successfully and which cases are difficult to find solutions for. Samantha, how are you? How are things? I'm very well, thank you. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. And can you tell us a bit about your time before joining Glenhawk? We'll get right in here. Um, <laughs> particularly, I believe, your time at Barclays and Together Loans. You know, did you enjoy it there? And, and tell us a bit about working in those operations. Yeah, definitely. So um, I actually joined Barclays straight from school. So I was very lucky um, to go into my first full time um, position in a bank and went obviously straight in at entry level uh, as a cashier. And I worked my way through over 11 years um, of being there, many different roles. Um, the last three years I was there, I was in a premier manager. So basically what that meant is I looked after a portfolio of about 750 high net worth clients. Um, and I did everything from savings to mortgages, loans, you know, investments, um, everything along those lines. Um, I absolutely loved my time there. Um, I wouldn't change anything about it. It did a lot for me. Um, but I think towards the end, as everybody, I suppose, who's been in banking a long time, a, a lot had changed from when I joined to when I left. Um, and I actually was um, approached just via um, a social media network where uh, there was a role that had come up and they I actually thought it was going to be too good to be true, to be honest. So they approached me and said, we've got this role. So you get to do all the bits you love from your job, which is being out and about with my clients um, and lending. So mortgages was the, the bit that I absolutely loved from my days in Barclays. Um, but obviously, sometimes that can be slightly more difficult in the mainstream bank lending world um, to achieve. So I, I obviously went along and I ended up found myself working in uh, working for together. So it was uh, it was definitely a learning curve. I think my first week, my mind was blown um, because I'd, all I'd ever known was banking. And they were talking about, you know, unregulated mortgages and bridging finance and short term. And I learned so much being there and I absolutely loved it. And although I loved obviously the days in banking, um, I don't think now being in this specialist lending sector that I could ever kind of go back to it. I just, I love the speed, the flexibility, like the tangible evidence of what's going to happen at the end. It just happens so quickly. Um, and yeah, as I say, I, I kind of got to do all of my favourite bits. So when I was at Together, I worked in the professional sector. So which meant that predominantly I looked after like accountants, solicitors, IFAs, ex-bankers. So it was a lot of kind of previous connections of people that I already knew, but I just got to expand that a lot further. 
Um, and I did everything from bridging to, you know, 30 year vital mortgages. Um, so that was pretty much me before I ended up here. <laughs> it sounds like you had a great time uh, together. <laughs> it must have been some pitch by Glen Hawk to pull you away from there. What, 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 what was it about Glen Hawk that motivated you to make that change? Do you know, I'd, I'd always, so I'd always heard of Glenhawk, and as soon as they started, they were on my radar. Obviously, being in that sector, you kind of got your eye on the market anyway, and I'd come across them, and um, I really, really liked their values and their culture. Um, so I had known them for, for a while anyway, and I wasn't thinking, you know, of jumping ship or anything like that. Um, but, but I, you know, they'd always been a lender that I kind of looked up to. And then this opportunity um, came. And it, I suppose for me, it was more of where Glen Hawker at. So together, obviously, amazing at what they do. Um, they've been around 42 years, you know, huge organisation. And I loved it there. But this kind of being at Glen Hawk meant that I got to come in at the beginning. So we've been around for three years and, you know, we're about to go on this huge growth trajectory and I'm going to get to be part of that so it, it was that really and meeting Guy and Nick and and the way that they are and the thing and you know I suppose like I say the culture they they literally do put the clients at the center of everything um, I think it was just a, a mixture of all of that just completely won me over. And how's it been in the last 12 months obviously with the pandemic such unique yeah. circumstances across the world but also in the sector as well? Yeah it's it's been crazy and I'm sure it has grown. As you can see now, I'm in my dressing room working from home. Um, so it's a very different world for a lot of people. And I think, you know, again, at Glenhawk, we were really lucky um, that we've obviously partnered with JP Morgan. So they've seen kind of the credibility and they've given us a funding line um, of 200 million, which came in literally just before um, the pandemic. Um, and they've supported us, you know, the whole way through. And, and we've been in a really... I suppose positive position where we haven't had to stop lending so we have continued to lend throughout the pandemic and um, we obviously have done you know like everybody else has done and, and possibly looked at some scenarios we may have to be a little bit more cautious but every single one of our deals is looked at on a case by case basis anyway so that wasn't really a huge change for us um, the biggest thing is, was the remote working I suppose so getting everybody to work from home and um, we're so used to being right next to each other and have, you know, decision makers literally sitting across from you so you can ask those questions. So it was getting used to that. Um, but I think we adapted really well and the team have been amazing. And um, yeah, we've just been really fortunate that we've kind of, Glenhawk have been really supportive of being able to give all of the platforms for everybody to communicate and really making sure that we all stay in touch with each other. Um, and now, obviously, hopefully, as we come out of this and um, everybody's just as excited to be back in the office which is a really lovely feeling as well and I think it kind of just gives tes testament to the culture and the family that is working at Glenhawk so is there anything that Glenhawk have said to you openly or, or alternatively is there anything that you would like Glenhawk to continue with that they have adopted during the pandemic period or the last 12 months that you know, might not have happened otherwise. Like you were saying, working remotely there, it sounds like the organisation have done really well with the engagement of the team and keeping the culture of the business with you yeah. all still being able to communicate with each other. Do you, like, do you think there's anything that can be taken from that and implemented back yeah. into the office environment? Or is it not necessary to a certain extent? Is it is it more, well, that chalk and cheese situation? No, I think, um, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. They... 
they have really been supportive throughout of this and that will continue we are all everybody is fully aware that you know with Glenhall, we've always had flexible working but now that's made easier with everybody being able to have the set up at home and so that that is definitely going to stay you know very much a part of and it is what people feel comfortable with and um, so nobody's kind of going to be pu pushed to come back in and it's very much going to be a choice but they there will be I think there will be a lot more of, of them that I suppose of the team that are flexible working so possibly doing one or two days from home and and it, it showed that we can do it and it does work really well so there's no need you know to be you must be you know chained to your desk in London that's not going to happen I suppose it probably has helped us in a sense as well we've just um we've just taken on a new office um, which is absolutely beautiful so I think everybody's really keen to get back in anyway but there will definitely be that element of flexible working and we've obviously got some processes now that have been put in place that probably make things a quicker and a bit more efficient you don't need to be sitting next to somebody now because we've got different processes that are in place so it doesn't matter if somebody's you know not right next to you and that will definitely continue I was reading that the former precise mortgages executive James Pritchard, I think he was the best head of sales at the 2020 Specialist Lending Awards. He's joined Glenhawk recently. It seems really exciting times there. Where do you see the main area of growth? Do you see any particular form of specialist lending being the key one that you could see large growth in this year? Um, yeah, I mean, we're everybody's delighted that Jamie decided um, to, to join us. And I think that it's kind of testament to, to where Glenhawk are at and where they're going because we already had, you know, really good foundations with our pro product set and, and, you know, Guy, obviously, and his vision and, and the team that are already there and the type of people that he's taken on. But one thing that we hadn't really invested in uh, was like the sales plan and the structure going forward. And um, so for that kind of scalability, distribution and the new product sets that we're going to have, and that is everything that Jamie has got experience in already, which he's obviously going to, you know, help help us with here so I think there will be growth in many areas and I definitely think that in the near future there will be a lot more um a lot more products out from Glenhawk and we'll be going into a different space so where at the moment we're bridging finance and um, we will definitely be growing as a specialist lender and going into the other areas such as obviously buy to let commercial term possibly development those kind of areas and you know we we, our aim is to not be a specialist lender, it's to be the specialist lender. So it's really exciting times, definitely big growth plans. <laughs> Have you seen any spikes in market activity over the past you know, three to six months, whether positive or negative in the trends? Yeah, um, I mean, there's, I suppose there's been a, a few in different areas, things with stamp duty and stuff like that. But one of the things I suppose we've seen um, probably the biggest spike in would be um, development exits or marketing loans, as obviously some call them. So where obviously with the pandemic, unfortunately, building has been a little bit slower where they weren't be able to be on site or, you know, there was a slight delay. It did pick up very quickly, but a delay in surveyors being go, able to go out. So, you know, the housing market slowed down a little bit. But I think that that did affect um, some development projects that were going on and it's kind of affected them coming out. So we've seen a lot where um, builders have come to the end of their term with their development finance, but unfortunately they either haven't finished or they're finished, but they're on the market and haven't sold yet. So we're definitely seeing a massive spike in doing development exit bridges at the end of that. So just where they basically just while they sell some, even where we're lending a little bit, you know, just to finish the works um, before they come out. But that's something that's in massive growth, which 
I mean, obviously it's it's great for us, I suppose. It's a shame for some um, builders where they haven't been able to be, you know, out where they'd like to have been, but at least they've got, you know, other options. And, and at Glenhawk, we're really happy to support up to 75% loan to value on those, which I think is um, is a lot higher than the rest of the market. So, I was reading about borrowers coming to the end of the bridging term and facing uh, large renewal fees. Um, have you had many of these kind of requests coming in? Have you seen rebridging requests if you like looking to avoid these large renewal fees is that something that Glenhawk do have you seen any of these yourself yeah definitely yeah it is something that we do and it is again probably for similar reasons it is something that we come across quite often I suppose it's always something that's been out in the market anyway for for whichever reason um, but yes yeah, so on our um actually funnily enough I've got uh, an example recently of we had somebody that come to us and it was just a you know a residential bridge but unfortunately their current lender was about to charge a very large renewal fee um they had 12 days to come out of it the property was on the market you know it was going to sell but you know it's not going to sell in 12 days so that came to um, that came to us here and we were able to do 70 percent uh, for them of the property value um, and we actually completed in 11 days. So, uh, yeah, we saved, saved them a nice chunk of money there. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's something that we do come across, but it's definitely something we're more than happy to help with. I bet that was an exciting last day for them when they had 12 days to complete on the Saturday day 11. It looks like Tom Cruise <laughs> and Mission Impossible to me, that. It was, yeah. And actually, the, the clients already come back to us again as well. So I suppose it's a testament to how well we did. But <laughs> Rightly so. We've been reading a few stories about commercial borrowers having issues with the current lender in respect of the split between residential and commercial and particularly yeah. when they're needing to find a fast solution have you have, have you got any experience of that is that a, a problem you're seeing yeah so a lot of lenders um will look at this differently actually and some lenders will look at it between the split in and commercial to residential some will want to look at what the square footage is a split between the two some will want to look at what the value split is between the two um, and some lenders will, you know, either adjust their LTVs based on that or um, adjust the rate or some just can't do it at all. And I think more um, probably with the long term lenders, it's a bit more difficult. So we actually came across one um, recently where the long term lender required the residential element to be 60 percent um, of that and 40 percent commercial. And that's quite common, I think, um, it, it, with some lenders in the market. But here at Glenhawk, the split um, is not relevant to us. We don't mind. We don't mind what the split is between the two, whether it's square footage or value. We're happy to do 70% across the whole lot. So in this scenario, unfortunately, it came out for the, for the gentleman after valuation that the residential element was only 52%, meaning the current lender couldn't help. And he had two weeks to find another long-term lender because he had to complete. Um, obviously, it, you know, that unfortunately, they're not able to do that for him in two weeks. So, so he came to us to help and we lent 70% of the whole value um, in the two week timescale, which has now allowed him a little bit more of a longer timescale just to go and find himself that long term lender, which I mean, we, we already know of others in the market who are able to do it. So, yeah, it just he just needed that bit more time. But it is definitely something if somebody's looking at semi commercial property to take in mind when you're looking at lenders of what that actual split is and ask that lender how they look at it. Is it square footage? Is it value? And, and what are their restrictions? Great advice. And I wanted to pick your brains on cash out refurbishments as well, you know, especially where, say, there's been a recent purchase and after the works, the borrower wants to raise as much as possible against a new valuation, completely understandably. Yeah. For me, that would be fraught potentially with issues. 
yeah what are you seeing at the moment in those kind of cases yeah again I would say this is something that um when you're probably when you're going into a project you would probably need to consider how quickly you're going to need to come out of that and what you're going to need out of it because again all lenders will have a cash out refinance um kind of rule or clause or or restriction um and for us ourselves i mean again this is something that we've we've actually come across recently um where a gentleman had obviously bought property um he'd spent a certain amount of money on it and he'd owned it for four months and he now wanted to, to release 70% of the new valuation. Now our cash out refinance clause, I suppose, as you would call it, um, is 90% of the purchase price plus a hundred percent of the works. So literally, I mean, the gentleman's obviously only going to have left 10% in the deal, but he, he actually required more. He wanted more of that out. So all of his funds out plus a little bit more to move on to the next project. Now, absolutely fine. We're more than happy to do that, but it does have to be after six months. And um, so, again, I'm, I suppose quite a few lenders will have this six months. So it is something that you need to consider when you're going into a project. How quickly do you need your cash out? Can you wait that six months? Or is, you know, as far as Glenhawk um, sit, is 90% plus the cost of works enough for you to move on to the next one? And when intermediaries refer business into you, what can they do or what can they do with their clients to help increase the turnaround time on decisions and completion what can they do to really accelerate that process and make sure it goes through as smoothly as possible um so i suppose in terms of um decisions uh, on day one it will just be get us as much information as possible um and one of the things again that's really important to to glenhawk is we like to look at the client's covenant, you know, what have they got in the background or what experience have they got? What's their net wealth? Um, reason being is because we don't have a set product set. We will price um, individually for each deal and it will be dependent on the property, the location, the client. And as I've said, covenant. So that's always really good if you've got kind of an A&L um, so assets and liability statement or you've got a project schedule to provide up front and then we can get you a really quick decision. In terms of um, the process of moving towards completion, as we all know, solicitors are really, really key parts of this. Um, so it's making sure that, you know, your solicitor has one dealt with bridging finance before, um, because obviously the speed element is really key. Um, but to also make sure that you have got a relationship, either the, the introducer or um, the client themselves has got a relationship with that solicitor. Um, if not, then obviously they can always talk to us about solicitors we have relationships with, just to make sure that that communication and the speed element always stays there. Um, one of the other things I suppose would be good is, if possible, is to really um, look at the deal. So where we're looking at things like development exits and things like that. Um, is have things been built in line with planning you know have they had sign off and where we know all of that information kind of up front we can mitigate and you know be as flexible as we can to make sure that that process is really smooth because sometimes if things come out at last minute it can cause issues or delays um, for example like where we've had valuations come back and something's been built outside of planning and then we need to wait for you know permission from the local authority so it's all of those, I suppose it's just really understanding the deal and we're more than happy, you know, I'm more than happy to support with that and um, spend a lot of time with my brokers and introducers and I mean they have fully experienced a lot of them more than me anyway, but it's always good to kind of have that support element and, and work together on it and happy to talk to clients as well directly, so. Yeah, shameless plug time. Uh, I, I 
I have, I'm afraid to say, but yeah, in terms of solicitors, we're absolutely flying with the legal services operation at the moment. We're about to make a big announcement soon on equity release in terms of a new service we've got there, but especially in terms of the commercial property and where it comes to bridging. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of quite unique flexibility in that area with the conveyance and services that we've got. So sorry, shameless plug, but no, if you're looking for faster right. turnaround times and uh, five-star lawyers, make sure you check out the Mortgage Broker Club's conveyance oh. and PC. You can register for free for that, anyone listening. And we're really proud of the rave reviews we're getting for that. And we've got some big announcements to make on that later in the year. Yeah. I wanted to touch Samantha on any intermediaries that haven't worked with you before. Mm. They might be listening to this or reading about it or hearing more about Glen Hawk in the press. You know, going back five years, 10 years, they're obviously going to have relationships with other specialist yeah. lenders or have uh, an automatic view in their mind of where they might place something. What yeah. can they expect from you in terms of the actual relationship between you and the intermediary? What can they envisage in terms of the actual customer service side of things, the relationship with you guys? And also, yeah. is there any risk of cross-selling or anything like that? How should they view that? Yeah, so, I mean, look, We've obviously been around for three years. So like you say, they will have all these historic relationships. And, and sometimes, I mean, we're all creatures of habit anyway. And we just, you know, sometimes we go along with just what we know. But Guy, who um, who started Glenhawk, was a property developer himself. So, you know, he's very experienced. He's used many other lenders in the market previously. And that was where Glenhawk kind of came from, because he felt there was a gap in the market of somebody who really did put the, the customer at the heart of everything. And, you know, sometimes there can be these misconstrued opinions of brokers just go for the biggest fees and whichever. But I think actually what's most important for them is that their client gets the best experience so that they use them again, because ultimately, you know, that that's their business. And I think for us here that I, I hope that everybody that we deal with really does feel that difference uh, where we really it is a relationship piece. We do want to work with you going forward. And. As I've said, obviously, Glenhawk is at this point of growth as well. So and what we're actually going to be doing over the next coming months um, where we work on these new product sets is we'll be getting involved with, you know, our brokers will be heavily involved in that. We'll be asking them, what is it you want to see from Glenhawk? What products do, don't you have in the market or what do you have and they don't work well? Why don't they work? And we can work together to, to put those I suppose put those pieces of the puzzle together to give the intermediaries or the brokers what, what it is that they're looking for. Um, and I think, as you know, everybody says it, so like, people get bored of hearing the same thing, but the flexibility and the speed, we really do have that here. You know, you've got access to all of the key decision makers. Any Anybody would pick up, can pick up the phone to Guy and have a chat with him. He'd be more than happy to have that conversation. He loves it. So I think that's something that's very different to what you're going to get with the other lenders in the market. So yeah, just give us a go. <laughs> Here, here. <laughs> that's it for that's it for this week, everyone. Thank you, Samantha, for being such a fantastic guest, and thank you for listening. If you want thank any you further are. information on Glen Hawk, please check out their website. Follow Samantha on LinkedIn; that's a must for more news and updates. And you can also find that more on the Mortgage Broker Club website and via our social media channels. Uh, please share and spread the word about the MLC Show for Property Professionals. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to be cheeky as I always am and ask for that five star review. If you're not going to rate five star, just email me. Don't 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 put it on there. And remember to check out the products and services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk. But more importantly, stay well and please take care.